0: Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in the performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Tuesday, March 28. I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, Leverage Finance reporter Beatrice Mervolion will discuss the highlights of the primary market, Senior paralegal Aaron Spence will discuss the trend seen in European high-yield bonds that have been assigned a double B rating by at least one of the rating agencies in 2022. Senior covenant analyst Bart Capacci will then discuss the latest reports about ASDA acquiring EG Group's UK forecourt business. Finally, deputy editor Aurelia Seidelhofer will take us through some topical restructuring updates on companies such as BioTronic, SLV, and Flint. I had a call with Beatrice earlier and asked about the highlights of the primary market. Here's what she had to say.
1: Over the last week, as the banking turmoil continued with the focus shifting from the emergency rescue of Credit Suisse by UBS to concerns over Deutsche Bank, a handful of new issuances priced in the primary market. However, market turbulence means that activity is expected to be limited over the next few weeks. IHO the holding company of German auto parts provider Sh- uh, Schaeffler priced its 500 million euro senior secured pick toggle notes the issuance was supported by generous yield of 9% and a track record of solid performance by the operating company in addition to strong demand for paper amid limited prim- primary activity Building material distributor Stark accelerated the deadline for its non-fungible term loan B to Monday, March 27th from Tuesday from today and um, increased the amount to 450 million euros from 400 million euros. The deal priced with a 96 OID and a eurobore plus 500 basis point margin. Insurance broker Diot Sayasi priced a... 200 million euro term loan B add-on at 96 to repay its partially drawn RCF and for general corporate purposes. Beauty product packaging maker um, Albea Beauty priced its 566 million euro term loan B due December 2027 to amend and extend its 444 million euro term loan B due in 2024 and refinance its term loan B um, also due in 2024. Swiss luxury watchmaker Breitling privately placed a 205 million euro um, ESG-linked incremental term loan B to support partners, groups, acquisition of an increased stake in the company. And uh, corporate services company Tricor Vistra is raising a 1.66 Dollar equivalent term loan be add on to support the merging of the two companies, Trickor and Vistra. Investors considering the deal highlighted that the company's scale will more than double as a result of the deal. Both businesses are based in Hong Kong but have activities and have activities in Asia. However, Vistra's activities in the EMEA region and in the Americas will enable Trickor to expand its focus beyond Asia, investors noted. Relatively low capex also means that free cash flow generation is strong, investors said. And um, uh, however, there is uh, a significant amount of execution risk and large integration costs related to the deal. Additionally, um, the two companies may have overlapping activities and clients, um, which may be difficult. Uh, Meanwhile, cable system manufacturer Nexans is marketing a sustainability-linked 325. Million uh, uh, euro five-year note issuance, and facility management service provider appleona is marketing a 200 million euro non-fungible term loan B add-on to support its acquisition of Peer Gegenbauer and and um, for repayment of its second lien facility.
0: Hi, Aaron. Welcome to the podcast. With it being a difficult 2022 for the European primary market, what were the general trends surfacing among bonds assigned a double B rating?
2: Hello, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yes, in a tumultuous macroeconomic environment, issuance levels plummeted in 2022 compared to 2021. With regards to double B rated issuances, their overall share of the European high yield market fell as well to just under 30% in 2022, Compared to 40% in 2021. And reflecting the trends seen on the European market as a whole, refinancing, unsurprisingly, was the dominant purpose of the majority of double B rated issuances. Now, while a handful of issuances funded sponsored back buyouts, one double B rated bond funded a distribution to its shareholder. Credit support, we saw a mixture of trends. A security package was provided to just over 60% of 2022 double-rated bonds, compared with just 50% in 2021. However, double B rated issuances that benefited from guarantees fell to just 60% in 2022 from 75% in 2021.
0: I see. So, how has covenant protection amongst double B rated high yield bonds changed in 2022?
2: High yield bond covenant packages typically include the following key material covenants a debt covenant that regulates the incurrence of unsecured debt, a liens covenant that regulates how much debt can be secured on what assets they can be secured, and the priority of such lien. A restricted payments covenant that regulates value leakage to shareholders or junior and subordinated creditors, either through dividends or subordinated debt repayments. This covenant should also regulate value leakage outside the group through investments. And an asset sales covenant that regulates asset sales made by the group and how the proceeds from such yield may be applied. However, bonds assigned a double B rating at issue, Sometimes emit one of the mentioned key material high yield covenants. But in 2022, against the backdrop of the Russian invasion in Ukraine and a bleak financial outlook, we actually saw the covenant protection in double B rated high yield bonds continue to improve. With just under a quarter of double B rated high yield bonds emitting one of those material covenants, down from nearly a third in 2021.
0: So as the primary market kick started in 2023, How have double B-rated bonds fared?
2: Now, as the primary market restarted in 2023, double B-rated high-yield bonds have actually had quite a strong showing so far, representing around 60% of all European high-yield bonds launched from January to the middle of March. Now, nearly all the double B-rated bonds came from repeat issuers to refinance their existing bonds. And unsurprisingly, the covenant packages were based on the previous bonds that omitted one or more material high-yield covenants. So therefore, in 2023, we've seen a contrasting trend as a result, as nearly 60% of those double B-rated high-yield bonds in 2023 omitted one or more material covenants.
0: Thanks, Aaron. Hello, Bart, and welcome to the podcast. Asda and EG Group have been in the news a lot lately, most recently regarding a potential merger of EG Group's UK
3: petrol four-core business. What's driving this deal? Hello, Andrew. As the Niji group are an interesting pair. For starters, each is owned fifty percent by the ISA brothers, Moshin and Zuber, and fifty percent by TDR Capital, the private equity sponsor. Second, they're both in the retail sector in somewhat complementary segments. And finally, they both have a lot of debt with upcoming maturities that they need to manage. So it makes sense that they would want to work together here. Now, of the two, EG Group is in a slightly more difficult situation. At December 31st, 2022, it had over $10 billion of debt, about $9 billion of which is maturing by 2025, and its net leverage is about six times. ASDA, by contrast, has about 4.7 billion pounds of debt, most of which doesn't mature until 2026, and its net leverage is a somewhat more manageable 4.1 times.
0: So why are they talking about moving EG Group's uh, petrol forecourt business to Asda then?
3: Well, presumably, there are some synergies to be had by combining the petrol forecourt business with Asda's broader UK platform. But I think really what they're looking to do is bring EG Group's debt down to a more manageable size before they hit their maturity wall in 2025. You probably ought to be looking at this transaction alongside some of the other transactions that have been rumored or announced recently. For example, the $1.5 billion sale and leaseback of a portfolio of EG Group sites on the east coast of the United States. The proceeds of that deal will allow them to take a reasonable chunk out of their debt. It won't solve their problem, but a few more transactions like that, and eventually they'll get to a place where more normal bank and bond refinancing is feasible. The advantage of sale leasebacks, you see, is that they are essentially financings that are fully secured by the assets sold and leased back. And so you're likely to get a key- cheaper cost of financing than you would in a large leveraged loan or high-yield bond, where the collateral coverage tends not to be as good and where future collateral dilution is a risk.
0: The UK petrol forecourt deal is apparently valued at something like £12 billion. Pounds. Would that solve EG Group's refinancing problem?
3: Well, it would if... ASDA was going to pay it all in cash, but I can't imagine they will. That would just make EG Group's problem, ASDA's problem, and I don't see any way they could raise that much cash in the current environment. I suspect there'll be some creative structuring here to take some of the pressure off EG Group, but without making life too difficult for ASDA. As I said, in addition to this, we'll probably see a series of smaller transactions, including more asset sale and sale leasebacks. And on that note, ASDA is looking at sale leasebacks as well. Now one possible hiccup in this transaction is that the UK Competition and Markets Authority has raised concerns about ASDA's purchase of stores with petrol stations from the cooperative group in October of last year. Presumably, some of those concerns are going to be present here as well. But a lot of that analysis comes down to exactly which other competitors are present in the local areas concerned, and hopefully as the EG Group have done that analysis and concluded that it should be okay. Ultimately, EG Group's problem stems from the fact that they incurred a lot of debt in a low interest rate environment and now have to refinance it under much different market conditions. If the sale of EG Group's UK forecourt business to ASDA does go ahead, that certainly won't solve EG Group's problems, but at least it will be another step in the right direction. And it may well set an example for other highly leveraged companies to follow.
0: Hello, Aurelia. Last but not least, we published a handful of updates on a few restructuring situations um, which we've been following for a while, such as Biotronic, SLV, and Flint. Do you want to give us a quick overview of what's been happening?
4: Hi, Andrew. Yes, I will keep it brief. So on Biotronic, which is a German medical equipment maker, including pacemakers, we published a story saying that the company is set to receive a bridge loan of about 100 million euros and a two to three maturity extension of the existing debt. And this is to allow the company to give it a bit more time to divest a part of the business, and the proceeds um, are expected to be used to repay the bridge loan and delever a bit.
0: Okay, that's interesting. And on
4: SLV and Flint? Yes, so SLV, German Lighting Company, they struck an amend and extend agreement with its lenders, um, pushing maturities out by three years. And in exchange, the company received an equity injection of 30 million from the sponsor and a 175 bps margin uplift. And then on Flint, um, they also recapitalized itself via a transaction that will cut debt by 740 million and reduce interest payments as a result. (laughs) Uh, Lenders um, will put in 72 million of new liquidity and extend maturities by up to four years. And this deal is expected to be implemented via a scheme of arrangement. And, of course, all the details on these deals you find on REORG.
0: Okay, fascinating. Thank you very much, Aurelia. Join REORG tomorrow at 10 a.m. British Standard Time as we discuss Witter's upcoming restructuring to deal with an expected liquidity crunch. Register for the webinar at reorg.com or email marketing at reorg.com for more information. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. So please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. More information on all the situations and events discussed on this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.